Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. I am not Mike Greenberg. I am Amber Wilson. He is Harry Douglas. We are filling in, of course, for Greeny, taking you up until noon Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. And that voice that you heard off the top of that rejoin was uh, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred, who said that he is, in fact, canceling regular season Major League Baseball games, and that has happened. Opening day has been officially canceled because of the labor dispute between MLB and the MLBPA. And for more on this, we bring in Howard Bryant, ESPN senior writer. And so, Howard, let's start with that news. Are you surprised that we're at a point now where regular season games are actually being canceled? Well, historically, you should be surprised because it's never happened before. Normally, this stuff, spring training games get canceled when it comes to lockouts. But this is the first time that it got pushed so far into opening day being canceled. So, yeah, from that regard, absolutely surprised. From the standpoint of the actors involved right now? Absolutely not. This has been going for a long time. Everybody's been saying for the last several years that this was going to be bad. It's every bit as bad as people thought it was going to be. And there's just not going to be the sort of movement because these two sides are really viewing this sport very, very differently. Howard, as we move forward, who do you think will cave first, the players or the owners? Well, I think from a baseball standpoint, when you go back to 95, when they had the disastrous strike, everybody said, this will never happen again. This is disastrous. You can't ever let this happen again. But then two things happened. One, after 1995, what did we get? We got 98. We got Sosa McGuire and all the fans came back. And I think that gave people a sort of a level of confidence. But you also had something else happen, too. And that is you saw basketball shut down. So they had a 50-game season in, in, in 99. Hockey has shut down twice. So in the last 25 years, 27 years, we've seen, we've seen sports willing to cancel full seasons. So I'm not sure that there's a great deal of incentive necessarily, no matter what ownership says in the back of their minds. They're thinking, well, if we shut it down, it's not going to be the first time. So maybe, what that, maybe that gives them less incentive to continue negotiating. And maybe they're thinking – Eventually, we're billionaires, they're not, and eventually we'll get what we want. Now, you mentioned something key right there. You mentioned Mark McGuire, right, that steroid era. That kind of saved baseball. You don't have that. You don't have a Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, or Sammy Sosa that's going to walk through the door right now. Uh, So in saying that, is the future of Major League Baseball in jeopardy? Well, I don't. I don't think people view it that way. I don't think anybody thought in 95, well, Barry Bonds or Ken Griffey, they didn't know what was going to happen. I think that the attitude is a very, very dangerous one. But historically, I think people say the fans always come back. And we've always been waiting for it. We've been talking about it, whether it was football, basketball, whatever sport it is. People have always said, what are they going to do when the fans finally decide enough is enough? However, the fans have never decided enough is enough. And I always think that it is a tightrope that they walk, but it is true. The players are the game. We love watching them. We enjoy them in, in, in a way that for our entertainment, that we've never really been willing to let the sport go. But one of these days, it's got to happen, right? But the players are the game, and the players always save the game. No matter who runs the sport, at some point, 
when you see Mookie Betts out there or when you see Michael Jordan out there or when you see Tom Brady, the public comes back because we love the games. ESPN senior writer Howard Bryan on with Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas here filling in for Greeny. So, Howard, when the two sides were talking and they were having face-to-face meetings in Jupiter, I was encouraged because I don't know much about labor disputes, but about negotiations generally. Like, when the two sides are talking, no matter how much they say they're committed to digging their heels in, if they're talking, there's always hope and there's always a chance. Now we're at a point where they're telling us, at least to my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that they don't have any plans now to resume those conversations. So it feels like, uh, in my book anyways, with my expert analysis here, Harry or Howard, that's bad. Yeah, and I think that once you cross the threshold of canceling games, now you're like, okay, well, it's just a matter of how many games. And that doesn't give you a great deal of incentive to, to start working. But I think, I think, Amber, the question here is, is what are we fighting? It's one thing to watch these guys fight over money. It's another thing to watch them fight over philosophy. And I think that what makes this labor discussion, uh, this, this particular battle different, is that they're fighting over philosophy. They're fighting over, over how this sport looks, how this sport runs. I think that the, the, the fight over tanking is huge, and I think that especially in a, in a time frame where we're moving into an era where gambling is commonplace, you can't lose games on purpose and expect people to still believe in the integrity of the sport. You can't have half the league make the playoffs, which is what the owners are pushing for, a 14-team 14, a 14 playoff, and still play 162 games. What is the purpose? Uh, you know, what are we doing? And I think that's one of the questions that the players – are really, really pushing, and I think that where Rob Manfred is losing the public is unlike previous commissioners, he doesn't have that, you know, sort of sappy green cathedrals, I love baseball sort of approach. He comes at it with a very hardcore sort of bulldog approach, and it's not giving the public that much confidence that that loving this sport the way they love the sport is part of his priority. So, Howard, you mentioned there the philosophical differences, and you mentioned some of the things that they're negotiating on ESPN+. Plus. You were also seeing some of the line items of points that they're negotiating about if you're watching on ESPN+. Plus. So what is the thing that they're furthest apart with everything that you just mentioned that are kind of sticking points? Where are they furthest apart where right now you're concerned the deal's not going to get done? Well, the money seems like it's huge, but it really is like a million dollars per team, really, when they're talking about the competitive, you know, luxury tax, the competitive balance tax, the CBT, that you'll hear a lot about that. And, and I think that that is the it, it looks like a huge number. I don't think it should be. But once again, if the, the one thing that you know about baseball players, unlike any other sport, they will not agree to a salary cap in any way, shape or form in anything that looks like a salary cap, they're going to say no to it. And the owners have essentially taken that luxury tax and they've turned it into a salary cap, which we all thought was going to happen. And the players are going to, if that number doesn't get raised, then you're not going to see a lot of baseball because the players have always said no to this. And it is a great question. If the Red Sox want to spend $240 million on players, what's that going to do with the Orioles? What's that going to do with the Mariners? And so they're going to buck against that. They're going to fight that. And I, and I think that until that issue gets solved, you're not going to really get a lot of movement. But I think philosophically the other one is the gambling and the tanking. You can't just lose games on purpose and expect players to win, you know, to go out and win for you. And you also cannot call 
the championship trophy a piece of metal. Yes, uh, which is what Rob Manfred did. Yeah, that's uh, that seems <laughs> ill-advised. Always, Howard Bryant, ESPN senior writer. Thanks so much for joining us. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So we talked about the Los Angeles Lakers earlier in the show, and they're not the only team that we're hoping to turn things around at the All-Star break. There was another team that's been struggling, was struggling through the month of February. Surprisingly, I'm talking about the Golden State Warriors, and they also like the Lakers, have not been able to turn things around since the All-Star break. Now, obviously in a much better situation, Harry, than the Los Angeles Lakers and sitting at second in the West, but an ugly loss last night to the Timberwolves. They allowed Minnesota to score the most points by an opponent this season on their way to that 129-114 loss. So what is happening here with the Golden State Warriors? This was the team that you chose to win it all which amazing foresight. Obviously, we were all hot on them in the beginning of the season, and now we're at a point where, you know, Steph Curry looking maybe not quite like Steph, injuries, you know, maybe taking a toll a little bit, and the Warriors are struggling. Amber, I'm going to tell you this. It's one person they need right now out there on that court playing. It's Draymond Green. He is the catalyst, man. He's the guy that makes everyone go. He's the engine. I understand Steph is remarkable. Steph does amazing things. Clay Thompson, the best backcourt shooters ever. But when you look at a guy like Draymond Green, you've seen his presence and what it meant in the NBA Finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers team when they were up 3-1. Draymond goes out of that game. If he doesn't go out of that game, I think the Warriors win another title. That's how big a Draymond Green is. And then the last two games, Clay Thompson didn't play, right? He's been out with an illness. Um, they're still waiting for James Wiseman. I just think this team needs to be need to have their full arsenal out there on the court. And I think you're seeing guys might be a little tired. And even Steve Kerr, man, he said last night things just didn't seem right for his team. Yeah, Steph Curry still put up 34 last night. He still gave you, obviously, a Steph Curry-like effort. But like you mentioned, and I mean, even Steve Kerr, Uh, noticed that lack of connection with his team. He said, this was the first time I sensed there was a breakdown in our connection, and that has to be an exception rather than the rule. So that's the most important thing for me looking ahead. I'm surprised that we're at a point where now there's a breakdown in connection, Harry, right? Because, I mean, we're talking about the team that was the best team in the NBA for, you know, uh, the majority of the first half of the season. So Mm -hmm. now in the second half of the season, we're getting a breakdown in connection. And I know, like you said, 
those injuries can add up and there's missing pieces, but we've seen this team miss pieces before and it wasn't taking this kind of toll on them. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Now, if you ask me who was my pick to win the finals now, Amber, it's still going to be the Golden State Warriors because, see, I've seen up close live in person what Draymond, what Klay Thompson, what Steph Curry can do, and they still have those three guys. Now, you got an Andrew Wiggins. You have a you have a Poole. You have a Kaminga. You have a, um, a James Wiseman. You have a Gary Payton, uh, the, the second. I think he's the second. Gary Payton's son. So you have all these guys that are going to come to this piece of the puzzle, and I think they're going to do miraculous things, but I, I, they just need to be full arsenal, and I think they still have time to do so. I think Wiseman is coming back soon. I don't remember when Draymond is coming back, but I just think they need to be out there together. But Draymond is a guy, and a lot of people, he get a lot of heat for this, right? But he's a guy, if you're not on your P's and Q's, he's going to let you know. I love teammates like that because they don't sugarcoat anything. We see the, the situation that go on, went on between him and Kevin Durant. Hey, was he wrong? Hey, we did win when you wasn't here. I mean, now, Draymond, you can't say it in that context. Say it to him in the locker room. Don't say it to him in the heat of the battle. But I like players like that. I like guys like that because they're going to keep it real at all points. If the defense isn't right, he's going to say something. He's going to speak up. So I just think they need that catalyst. They need their, their leader. No, Steph is a leader, but Draymond is the engine that makes everything go. And he also, he can play. He's a point four. He can play the point guard position, diversify the, uh, how about to say the football. He can diversify the basketball to different guys on the court. And you see that toughness, right? They're not going to get out tough when Draymond's out there on that court. And another guy, Andre Iguodala, he hasn't been out there as well. Another guy who was, a, I think, the staple of the Warriors winning championships. So once they get everybody back on the court, they're going to be all right. I'm not worried. I was just trying to – I wanted them to catch Phoenix and get the one seed – but it, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be able to happen with this, lose, this, this little slide they're having right now. Well, they, they gave themselves a nice little cushion in terms of at least being, you know, the two seed. And like you said, they did lose a step there on the top seed there in the West. Raymond Green's been out since January 9th with a back injury. But looking at the landscape here of the West, Harry, one of the things that might help the Warriors is that this has felt like a two-horse race for quite some time, not to take anything away from what Memphis is doing. But the Suns and the Warriors have certainly been the two teams that I think most people believe in in terms of actually winning the West. There is a lot less parity in the West than there is in the East this season. It's kind of like opposite world of what it was, you know, five years ago in the NBA when we used to talk about how the East was easy street and the West was crazy, and now it's the opposite, where the West feels like Suns, Warriors, that's kind of it in terms of who you really believe in in the West, and it's interesting now with the Suns now sitting in that one spot when we were all concerned about that injury to CP3's hands. Amber. They better not count out the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm telling you right now. That Ja Morant, the, I know Kevin Durant, they call him a Slim Reaper. Can I, can I, we have a Slim Reaper number two. That's Ja Morant. And I said this on this just in yesterday. You know how in Spanish you spell ha, 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 ja, 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 ja. It's all about Ja Morant. I think he is the most electrifying player in sports right now. But not only that, when he went out, the Memphis Grizzlies still won. So he has that supporting mm-hmm. cast. And he mentioned in a uh, – I think him and Jared Jackson Jr., they mentioned in a post-game interview, hey, we're not running from the smoke. They climb, they're climbing up the chimney. They want all the smoke. So those guys right now, I think right now they're one game, uh, one game behind the Warriors now for that two-seat. So if the Warriors don't watch out, Memphis could probably jump them for that two-seat. And the way John Moran is playing right now, I have him number two in my MVP race behind Joel Embiid. 
Wow. Well, yeah, the, uh, the Grizzlies are sitting at 43 and 20 on the season. The Warriors at 43 and 19. The Suns right now at 49 and 12 leading the way. I, either way, the Warriors are in a good situation. I'm not trying to take anything away from what Memphis has been doing. And John Moran is absolutely an incredible must-watch kind of player. Memphis deserves a lot more love and a lot more national attention than they've been getting. But I think with the Warriors and the Suns, you've seen them do it recently. And you, mm-hmm. you also want to rely on that experience. So maybe that's another reason that we tend to kind of overlook the Grizzlies. But like you said, the Grizz has been able to do it even when John Morant's not out there. And the Suns not being able to do it without Draymond being out there seems problematic. But we'll see how things shape up in the West. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We got a tweet out of the desert from the Arizona Cardinals. They have reached a deal with, not Kyler Murray. Uh, They've reached a deal with their GM, Steve Kime, and with head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. So not the deals that we were waiting for. Although, hey, Harry, Kingsbury has the same agent as Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. Honestly, I'm trying to follow the breadcrumbs and read the tea leaves, (laughs) and I'm not sure it means a whole lot of anything. I thought it was interesting because we had a quote from Kingsbury. He was asked if he had spoken to Kyler Murray. He had said not recently. Uh, I don't never I never quite know what to make of that. And I don't know what recently exactly means, obviously. But it is interesting. They share the same agent. And yet his quarterback's going through this very public kind of drama with the organization and applying pressure very publicly. But now he has reached his deal. And so at least they've got the GM and the head coach locked up through 2027. Where do you stand on Cliff Kingsbury? Because not everyone's high on him as a coach. Like, is he one of the better coaches in the NFL? Is he one of the better coaches in the NFL? Amber, you trying to make jokes early this morning? <laughs> I mean, now, that is don't a, get me wrong. I'm not going like, to sit up here. I mean, record-wise, right? I, I, mean, record-wise. I, I, I understand. I'm not going to sit up here and say he's one of the better coaches in the NFL because when I think of one of the better coaches in the NFL, I think of a guy like a Sean Payton, a Bill Belichick, a Mike Tomlin, uh, Sean McVay, those type of guys, right? We got to remember Cliff Kingsbury just got to the NFL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just got to the NFL from the college game. But when it comes to him, and, and he's the guy who's uh, demanding the offense and calling the plays. And like I mentioned earlier in the show, I just want to see the offense be more innovative, right? Especially when you get to the you, when you get to the middle of the season and towards the end of the season. Yeah, there are, there are a few things that you do do that's the same, right? And you're in your 
And your MO is your MO offensively. But at the same time, you have to innovate and grow your offense throughout the season because you look at a NFC West that you're playing in. You're playing teams twice. You may play a team early, but later on, you may be playing a different team. That same team, but they're different because of personnel. They're different because they may be doing things differently offensively, defensively. And when it, when, when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, I just didn't see that. I've seen the same thing from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, especially the last two years. And that's why you've seen that decline late in the season uh, for the Arizona Cardinals in 2020 and 2021. Now, the reason why I say that is because Injuries play a factor in a lot of things. DeAndre Hopkins got hurt, right? So if you were throwing that football around, getting that ball to the receivers, you should have leaned on your run game a little bit much. And, and, and Cliff Kingsbury does, does a great job of the run game, but you may have to switch a lot of things up injury-based. Their running backs got banged up last year as well. So now you got to find different ways to diversify the football and get other guys involved. That's, those are the adjustments you have to make as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach in the National Football League. So what's interesting about this as well isn't just from the Kingsbury perspective, because I definitely think no matter what you think of him as a head coach, and you broke it down right there, but the situation that they're in, like you do lock up that kind of coach, right, in terms yeah. of what he has produced for them, right? And it remains to be seen, like he's got a long ways to go, to your point, before he's, you know, a Sean Payton or a Bill Belichick, before he's a proven coach, which is funny because it's kind of the same conversation we're having with Kyler Murray, where, you know, before he's a proven quarterback – do you lock him up now or do you wait? Because he's not as proven as a lot of these other quarterbacks that are trying to flex that same muscle and trying to say, hey, I'm going to force you to trade me. But real quick, before we even get to the Kyler situation, because of the everything that's happening with that situation, I thought it was interesting that they took this opportunity also to kind of extend their GM and lock him up through 2027 because now there's, I guess, some continuity there between the front office and the head coach. And it's like, hey, we're all intact and we're going to handle this Kyler Murray situation. But it kind of makes Kyler look like he's, you know, like the oddball out because things otherwise are going pretty swimmingly in Arizona. And in part with this same agent who's dealing with Kyler. It makes him like he's the middle child. See, I'm the middle child, Amber, so I know all about that. <laughs> you can right? say that, the, then. The middle child's a little unorthodox. He does things a little differently. Hey, why are you doing that? Why are you jumping on this? Don't jump on the bed. I say don't jump on the couch. That's the middle child, right? Kyler Murray's the middle child in this situation. I was a middle child. Kyler, I understand where you're coming from. But I also understand I had to grow as a human being. I had to grow as a person. And you can't stay the same as you are right now next year or the year after that. There's growth in this entire thing. And once Kyler understands that, and Mike T brought it up, how does Kyler Murray view himself? Does he view himself as a guy who has to grow and get better in a lot of different areas, or does he feel like he's okay? That plays a major factor in a lot of this stuff that we're talking about, Amber. It does play a major factor. And so now let's turn our attention back to the situation with Kyler Murray because the drama continues. We don't get a deal with Kyler Murray. And his agent had made it real obvious that he wants a deal. He wants an extension. He's on the fourth year of his rookie deal. And, of course, they could also pick up a fifth year as well. So for Kyler Murray, he wants the bag. He's seeing quarterbacks around the league get paid. We know Dak Prescott got $40 million. He kind of reset the market when he got that. Patrick Mahomes got 45. He resets the market when he gets that. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers reportedly wants to reset the market with something like $50 million. But with at least the latter two quarterbacks that I just spoke about, they're obviously very proven quarterbacks of greatness. 
With a Kyler Murray, we're talking about a 24-year-old who has looked great at times and has a ton of upside and maybe one day ends up becoming those dudes. But you mentioned something to me earlier in the show that I thought was really interesting because when we were talking about the Kyler Murray situation and you kept saying, hey, the leadership concerns or how he's kind of received in the locker room, that's really going to play a factor in how the reception of this whole thing that's happening right now in March with Kyle Murray and him demanding this new deal. And I was going to hit you back with, Hey, well, he's only 24. Like he can, he can lead, he can learn the leadership perspective. He's so young, right? Or he can fix things in the locker room, but you actually hit me with Joe Burrow as an example. And that kind of uh, totally negates my point of a 24 year old quarterback given Joe Burry is a little older than that. But when we're looking at these other quarterbacks, other young quarterbacks around the league, to your point, they don't all have some of these same rumors that float around about Kyler Murray. So is it that he can really help his stock here and that he can become a real leader if he hasn't learned it yet by 24? Or are there viable concerns about that moving forward? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. The first thing the Arizona Cardinals have to do is and they should have done already is understand Kyler Murray's personality. That's part of the, a part of the evaluation process when he was at Oklahoma and you you were evaluating him. Now, this is something that, that a lot of organizations don't understand, right? When you have certain people on your team and certain personalities on your team, you got to have guys in that locker room or people on your staff to be able to handle those guys and to be able to communicate with, with them and get certain things through to them. Right. So if you understand Kyler's personality, OK, he's more so to himself. He 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 is how we see him in his interviews. Right. Then you have to hire somebody to get through to him and try to control those things. That's part of the business as well. Uh, and I'll tell you this. I played on a lot of teams. Well, two teams and I played for 10 years. When we had veterans in our locker room and I and I thank God to this day that I had a guy like Roddy White, a Brian Finneran. Uh, a Joe Horn, a Michael Jenkins, because it allowed the crazy young Harry to learn a lot and grow as a human being. A lot of times you see on these teams, they want to get rid of veterans. They want to get rid of certain people. And it hurts their team uh, instantly and in the long run because now these young guys have to grow on their own. Who Offensively, who is the older guy on that offense that can get through to Kyler Murray? Do you, do, can you name him? No, it's a young team. I can't name them either. Right. That that should never happen. That should never happen within any organization, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, hockey, badminton. Uh, I don't care what you what, what highlight. Well, you know highlight they play down there in Florida. That's where you are. That is so, true. Any one of those things, out. you should always have somebody who who's able to get through to your players. And I know everyone has player development people on staff, and I have the utmost respect for player development people. But at the same time. You got to make sure you have people on staff that can relate to that guy. That's where it gets mixed up sometimes because you can hire somebody, but he may be on this end of the spectrum and Kyler Murray may be here. So they, they're not even clicking or barely even talking. You got to have somebody that's trustworthy that these guys can go to and talk to about any and everything, and they trust you with that information. Harry Douglas filling in for Mike Greenberg alongside Amber Wilson here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. So we'll get your highlight inner workings of the highlight locker room in a minute, Harry Douglas. But sticking with here for a second, 
You mentioned earlier in the show when we were talking about this situation, if it gets really ugly, Diana Rossini's reporting, hey, demanding a trade might not be off the table. So if it gets to that point, it gets that ugly. You actually threw out some teams who could maybe be in the mix, like my Miami Dolphins, for example. You threw out, hey, could they trade two and some pieces and get Kyler in return? You named out some other landing spots potentially for Kyler Murray. If you're the Arizona Cardinals, though, why, right? Because at a certain point here, given, I mean, this is all a premature conversation because it's only mm-hmm. March, but what happens if you let this tactic work? And I'm normally all for player empowerment and sure, do whatever you need to do to get your bag. I understand that. But from the organization perspective as well, like there's only so far you can allow that to go in terms of kind of getting bullied into things. And right now it feels a bit like the Cardinals are getting bullied into offering an extension. Yeah, and I, I even say this. One thing that NFL owners do not want to happen is what's going on in the NBA game. You see it with James Harden. You see it with Anthony Davis. James Harden has forced his way out of Houston uh, the year before last, forced his way out of Houston this I mean, out of, out of Brooklyn this year, and now he's with the 76ers. You do not want that in the National Football League if you're the NFL owner. So uh, at the end of the day, when you look at Arizona, if you look at the broad spectrum, you do not want to trade Kyler Murray because it's not like you could just go, hey, you know what? Hey, there's a quarterback right there. Let's bring him on our team. They don't come like that. Not franchise guys, guys that has, uh, I'll say, make some noise in this lead. And Kyler Murray, he has gotten better each year. And the thing that Kyler Murray adds to the table is that he's a dual threat and can run as well. But I th- also think that's another reason why Arizona, uh, uh, they're, they're, in, they're in holdups right now and giving him the money that he wants to – to, to receive because they're looking like, well, you're more prone to get injured as well with the way you play. And Which, your, in fairness, is why build. he wants it, right? I mean, that's yeah, why he wants exactly. this extension so bad is because of the style he plays, in part. I mean, everybody wants to be paid, but that has something to do with this, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, it, it definitely plays a part in it. But if you're Arizona, you do not want to let a franchise guy go by and get away from your organization because you just can't find them like that. And and, and then they, they have the proof in the pudding. The year before they drafted Kyler Murray, they drafted Josh Rosen, and he didn't pan out. So you and then don't want to go back down And they sent him to my Miami cycle. Dolphins. So I, oh, I don't yeah. know if I want Kyler either in your scenario, even though you were hot on that as a potential <laughs> trade. Those Cardinals quarterbacks haven't worked out so well. But, you're, I mean, to your point, Kyler Murray's don't grow on trees if you're the no. Arizona Cardinals, right? Yep, Correct. So they don't. They you, just don't. Yeah, they don't. Uh, you have to be really concerned about that. Uh, at the same time, I understand why Kyler Murray is kind of like, it's kind of a veiled threat. It's the negotiating tactic you have. And to your point, maybe he's taken a page out of the NBA players' books. But absolutely, if I am an owner in the NFL, I do not want the NFL becoming the NBA fun for players it's great from the player empowerment perspective Mm -hmm. and it might be fun for fans these moving pieces the NBA has a lot of great off-season drama and these guys flexing their power has definitely led to that same kind of off-season drama so far it's only March and we're spending so much time on Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers and so from that perspective I actually think it's kind of fun for fans now according to research 90 percent of employers plan to make enhancing an an employee experience a top priority in 2022. After all, a happy workplace, like one that allows for a flexible schedule and focuses on company culture, is key to attracting and keeping great employees. The Arizona Cardinals, maybe they need a happier workplace. (laughs) They need ZipRecruiter. And if you need to add more employees to your team... 
there's ZipRecruiter for you as well. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job and proactively presents them to you. You can easily review these candidates and invite your top choices to apply. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in today for Mike Greenberg coming down the stretch here on Greeny. So we're talking about... In passing here, potential landing destinations for a Kyler Murray. I think the Cardinals would be crazy to trade him, but let's talk about the quarterback carousel because our friend Field Gates has an article on the dot com where he talks about some of the positions that are open at quarterback in the NFL and who he thinks is going to land there on those teams. So, Harry, I'll run through some of these quickly for you. I want to hear from you whether you agree with Field or not. Let's start with the San Francisco 49ers. He has Trey Lance as the starting quarterback next season for the San Francisco 49ers, not Jimmy Garoppolo. How do you feel about that? I think that's right on spot. Now, when you look at a guy like Trey Lance, he didn't play his last season in college, uh, right? So now he didn't play last year in the National Football League. That's two years he's been off of football. But also when Trey Lance did go in the game and play a little bit, I won't say he didn't play at all. He just played it sparingly. Um, I think there's a learning curve. And with, with Trey Lance, the best way for him to learn, I think, is for him to be out there playing, getting the reps because he sat out so long. But a guy like Trey Lance in a Kyle Shanahan offense who brings another dynamic, the running game, and with shifts and motions and the moving parts that he has on the offense, and then he, he he's another star player. And I say star player uh, – meaning a guy that can do a multiplicity of different things on the football field, and they have multiple guys like that in Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Dayuk, and now you add um, Trey Lance at the quarterback position like that, I think it, it, it can be deadly. But Trey Lance has to understand you can't throw every football 100 miles per hour. That's one of the things in watching him last year and seeing is that, hey, you got to know when to put touch on the football. You got to know when to throw it hard as hell. But at the same time, it's all a learning curve. But the best way for this young man to learn is to be out there actually getting the reps and not sitting on the side. I understand that you don't draft Trey Lance where you drafted him. And then hang on to Jimmy Garoppolo because obviously at some point the plan is that you move on to Trey Lance. The thing that concerns me for 49ers fans is I don't know if Trey Lance is any good, right? I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> but I guess to your point, like you've got to find out at some point what That's you right. have. It's just scary to find that out by also giving up Jimmy G. And that's a hard contract for them to move. I don't know what's going to end up happening there. I mean, even if they end up releasing that contract, I don't know how that's all going to go down and work. But at least with Jimmy G, although he's got his injury concerns and his accuracy concerns at times, at least with Jimmy G, you know you can have success with him because that team has had a lot of success with him. And with Trey Lance, I don't even know if they can get that out of Trey Lance. Like, I have no idea. Trey Lance could be the next Aaron Rodgers or he could be the next, you know, Ryan Leaf. Like, I have no idea how this career is going to pan out for Trey Lance. But I also agree it does seem that's the direction that the 49ers have to go at this point. So moving on to some of these other teams – the Pittsburgh Steelers field Yates has on the dot-com Jimmy G as the next quarterback there. How do you feel about that? I actually love that by Phil Yates because if you trade for Jimmy G, as Max Kellerman would say, you would just have to give up an arm, not an arm and a leg to get him, right? And mm-hmm. that's one of the things we know that the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, they don't like to giving up a lot of draft capital and stuff that they have uh, within their organization. But I'll I tell you, I like this move because some of the things you just mentioned, Jimmy G, when he's been out there, he's been a proven winner. As much as people talk about him and knock him, he's proven that he can win in this league. He led a team to the Super Bowl. He led a team to the NFC Championship game this year. 
Granted, he didn't make that throw in the Super Bowl, and granted, he didn't have the drive to 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 will his team uh, to come back against the Los Angeles Rams. I understand that, but Jimmy G, when he's been out there, Jimmy G has been productive in the National Football League. Now, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You look at what they have, a Deontay Johnson, a Chase Claypool, a Pat Frymouth, and then you have that guy, Najee Harris, in the backfield. I like this move. They got to get free agency in the draft. They got to buff up that offensive line. But then you still have those guys defensively, especially on the defensive line and the linebacker group, outside linebacker. They got to get better inside linebacker, get better at the corner position. But I like this move for the Pittsburgh Steelers because I do think a veteran for this team. Listen, Big Ben, if Jimmy G was on that team last year, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers would have been better because Big Ben was at the tail end of his, his career. Now, and it's sad we had to see him like that, but Big Ben, I played against Big Ben my freshman year in college when he was at Miami of Ohio, was throwing damn darts. And I mean darts, not play darts, not Nerf guns, darts. That's the Big Ben I'm accustomed to seeing. And I do think if Jimmy G goes to Pittsburgh, that's a major upgrade because Mason Rudolph – Josh Dobbs and whoever's over there is not going to get the damn job done. Yeah, I thought for a second Jimmy G might mess around and win another Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl for here for the 49ers and make the 49ers' lives very, very difficult mm-hmm. on them. Even if they had gotten to the Super Bowl this year, I don't know what they do in terms of getting rid of Jimmy G since that wasn't the case. I agree with you. They get rid of Jimmy G's. I think the Steelers would be smart to bring him in as well, even though, like I said, some issues there in terms of durability concerns. I do wonder if the Steelers have been skating a little on some of the criticism of not having a better backup plan in place for a Big Ben that you had to see the writing on the wall here at some point for as great as he was a quarterback who was very obviously aging before our eyes. It's been fun today. Harry Douglas and Amber Wilson. We were filling in for Greeny here on uh, Greeny, of course, uh, filling in for Mike Greenberg live from the Seaport Studios in New York City. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.